from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for the day before Thanksgiving, November 21st, I believe. Uh, yeah, yes, that's right, I guessed correctly. From the Swamps, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling to preview the um, slate of games here in week 12 of the, of the National Football League. We welcome in Danny Flecker to do so. Good morning. Morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Yes, I'm, I'm hopping ahead. No, all right. You said you had a bunch of things about uh, Rams, Chiefs, you wanted to say on the podcast. So on your mark, get set, go. I mean, I, I've never seen a football game like that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering something. But, man, what an offensive performance by both teams and You also said you were not pleased with the time management uh, by coaches, especially by Andy Reid late in the game. It was tough. I mean, I mean Andy Reid has a knock on us to begin with. You know, he's, he's tough time management. Miraculously, they had three timeouts at the end of the game, which was, I thought, shocking because they burned through their timeouts in the first half very, very quickly. And a lot of that had to do, I think, with the crowd noise, which, again, I was surprised that was even something that was an issue. I didn't think 
like how many sort of had home field advantage, and they clearly did. That crowd was really focused, energized, and uh, really provided an environment that I thought was, you know, awesome to see. But I think if I were Kansas City, you know, you score that touchdown, and, you know, I'm talking with one of my buddies who watched the game, and we're like, these teams are scoring too fast and not even able to enjoy the league for a little bit. Um, that was the type of offensive performance we're seeing, but. I think my one issue, if it were me, you know, going back, hindsight is obviously 2020. But I think when Kansas City got the ball back after the Rams had scored the go-ahead touchdown, they get 54 to 51. You know, they're driving down the field a little bit. You know, they're hitting some chunk plays. The first time out, I think I would have been a little bit more conservative, maybe with my play calling. You know, that either you need a field goal or a touchdown, to win, uh, you know, field goal side of the game to go to overtime. Touchdown, you win the game, but. I don't think the Chiefs ran the ball in that entire second half. I think I would have done something a little bit along those lines, maybe like a draw play, uh, a screen, a running back screen, or uh, something to just keep the defense on the field, not necessarily allow them to pin, pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. And we saw what happened. You know, the Rams knew they were going to be passing the ball. They they got to Mahomes a couple of times. They strip sacked him twice. They were able to get pressure on the course of two interceptions. So I think if, if I were the Chiefs and I was in the that situation, you know, once you get, you know, past the 45-yard line, you know, like your own 45-yard line, I think a screenplay or a draw play would have been something that could have really opened up the play calling a little bit and took some time off that clock. You know, they were able to get the ball back again, but, you know, they were always facing an uphill battle at that point. But... I think I would have been a little more conservative if I were Andy Reid that, that drive after the Rams for a touchdown. But allowing your team to have that opportunity to, to drive down the field and take their time and not necessarily think they have to get a touchdown in five plays. Crazy the ending of that game, third highest game in NFL scoring history and the, and the highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history. Um, just crazy and if the nfl gets that again they will be very happy campers if you're home today you can watch that game again at uh, 2 p.m eastern uh, sorry not 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 2 p.m 8 p.m eastern time if you're home tonight and would like to watch it again or was not awake late enough and now can because thanksgiving's tomorrow whatever your situation is you can do that we are talking to danny flecke here on teeing it up with jeremy showing um as you look towards Thanksgiving, we got a very interesting situation in the NFC East, and that is that obviously Alex Smith suffers a gruesome, gruesome injury, um, which has put him out. At least the Colt McCoy is quarterback. Dallas is surging. They're seven and a half point favorites here against Washington. From a betting and fantasy perspective, uh, does this game interest you at all? So it's tough. I, you know, personally myself, I had a rough weekend betting, and I was hoping to be able to maybe make up some ground this week on Thanksgiving, being able to take those games. You know, there were good matchups. I thought it was wildly favorable, but I think that this Thursday slate at least is a lot of overreactions. A lot of the teams playing had really great performances on Sunday. You, know, you look at the, the Bears had a really good performance. The Cowboys had a good win. The, the Washington Redskins lost their starting quarterback. The Saints demolished the Eagles. So I think this is like one of those situations where there's a lot of overreaction to a lot of the games that are being played, and these games are happening four days after that. So there's more overreaction than I think that you would normally see. As for like the uh, Washington Dallas game, 
that game is a tough beat to bet on just because I think seven and a half points is a lot of points in the divisional game on a short week. I think Washington does have an uphill battle. You know, Colt McCoy has played them before. I think he's won in Dallas before. But I just think that the Washington Redskins right now with everything that's going on with them are just a little too banged up. You know, the, their offensive line has been able to hold up and, and keep them in the game the last two weeks. But uh, I think that Dallas is playing for something different than what Washington is right now. Washington is just trying to survive. Dallas is trying to win the division. And I think that will ultimately give Dallas a win. I, I, I could see them pulling away late. I think they'll run the ball. Zeke had a really terrible performance against them a couple of weeks ago when they were in Washington. But I think, again, those two teams were in, in very different situations then than, than they are right now. So from a betting perspective, if I had to pick one, you know, gun to my head, I'm picking Dallas. From a fantasy perspective, you can't really trust anybody on Washington. I, I, I think maybe the only guy you want to trot out there might be Jordan Reed, you know, went back to quarterback to win there. I think they have a tendency to lead something that's familiar and that's underneath stuff. So you can maybe look for Jordan Reed to have a decent game. Any other skill position players, I think are going to be tough to roll out there. Even Adrian Peterson, he's banged up, and, and Dallas is going to be coming after him. So from a Dallas perspective, you know, you can roll out Dak, you can roll out Zeke, you can roll out Amari Cooper that they seem to be getting hot and they seem to be gelling a little bit on, on offense in their bye week, even though they had a, a dud against the Titans. Uh, I think those are three guys that you have them you have to roll out this week, especially with um, you know the playoffs coming up in fantasy, you gotta be your best players out there. Alright, um, the other two games are um, kind of odd games. We have Chicago, which is surging, and Detroit, which is trying to stay alive. And New Orleans, which is running away, um, versus Atlanta, who is struggling. We have a three and a half point line with Chicago being the favorite in Detroit, and a 12 and a half point massive, massive line with a 60 and a half over under in Atlanta. Do you like either of these two games from a betting perspective first? So, Chicago, I like Chicago, and then New started to trickle out yesterday that Trubisky apparently might not be playing. So, I don't know what the line will look like tomorrow when, you know, we get final word on whether he's playing or not. If he's playing, he's got probably be limited. I think Detroit, you know, it's an emotional type of win that they had last week. It's an emotional type of game they're going to have this week. It's tough for me to get behind them just because of their last couple of performances. They were miraculously able to keep Stafford clean last week. Um, but I think if that's a game that you want to take, you got to probably lean Detroit just because of the backup quarterback factor. And I just don't know what you're going to get from Chief Daniels, what that offense is going to look like. You know, they, they look decent on Sunday night. I thought the defense won that game for them. They, they held Minnesota a couple times and were able to get after Cousins. Um, I think that they'll be able to do the same against Detroit. I just don't know how much offense they're going to get with Chase Daniels back there. Ultimately, like what I, I'm probably going to do is pass this game. I think that there's just too many variables going on for me to, to feel confident one way or the other. As for the Atlanta game, um, I'm on the Falcons in this game, and the only reason being is that 12.5 points in the divisional game is a lot of points. And if you go back and look at earlier in the year, the Saints were three points, 
dog in Atlanta when they played each other last. So in however many weeks since they last played each other, the casinos, the public, whatever you want to think, think that there was a 16-point swing in talent between these two teams. With that being said, in the way the Saints are playing, Atlanta is one of those teams that, when you least expect it, their offense just seems to come to play. And they had a dud the last two weeks. Uh, you know, Cleveland, they went to Cleveland, they looked like crap. They played Dallas. They couldn't hold on against Dallas. But they still possess, I think, enough firepower on offense with Julio Jones, new and, and Ridley, and throwing Kevin Coleman there. But they can keep the game, I don't want to say close, but within the stretch. And with 12 and a half points, you, if you have a, a 18-point lead, 16-point lead, 17-point lead, whatever it is, there's always that opportunity for the team to backdoor and cover that game. And I think that might, that might be what you see in this game. I just don't know if New Orleans can run away with that game. And, and think about it from their perspective, too. I know that they have a good coach, great players. They, they've been executing flawless the last couple of weeks, but they've had four performances or three performances in a row where their offense has just gone off and the team's not been able to catch up and that I think is draining, you know, from a just like from an emotional standpoint you you blew out the Rams, you blew out the Bengals, you blew out the Eagles, and I think that takes a lot of focus and energy to be able to do something like that. There's an opportunity here possibly for a little bit of a letdown. You know, it, I still think they win this game, but maybe it's not as convincing as it's been the last couple of weeks. All right. Um, Fantasy-wise, I assume anybody who's on the Saints offense you're rolling with? Yeah, I think if anybody you have, you have to roll out. I, I don't see why you would ever sit any of those guys. Maybe a sleeper for the Saints would be... Uh, Christian Kirkwood, you know, I, I see that uh, he got some play last week, had some nice catches for them. Traquan Smith, who went off against the Eagles, uh, has been a non-consistent in practice the last couple of weeks, couple days. So, you know, he might be uh, under the radar guy if you're looking to, to fill a void for whatever reason or in daily fantasy. He might be a guy that you can get for cheap that you might throw in there. So he might be a sleeper that you can look into. But, yeah, you're rolling with all the big guys you have on both teams. And then in Chicago and Detroit, uh, I think if you have the Chicago running backs and uh, Trey Burton, I think those are really good plays. As for Detroit, you know, it's tough for me to get on Stafford, Galladay, and Jones after seeing what Chicago did uh, last week, uh, you know, against Minnesota and their performance. But, you know, I think at this point, five weeks are done. Really, there's only two teams on by this week. You probably have dealt with injuries. I don't know if there are better options out there for you, so you probably have to roll with those guys anyway. All right, um, let's look at the rest of the slate. This week in week 12 of the National Football League, um, is there any, uh, let's just go through fantasy yeses and noes, I'm sorry, betting fantasy yeses and noes uh, to start out here. What are you looking at? What are you uh, running away from? Some games I like that I looked at, you know, yesterday, I really like the pack this week. I think they're nine and a half against the Jets. Uh, both teams are coming off a of five, but the Jets just don't, I think, have any sort of momentum to ride. Nope. You know, to this game. Don't know if we're starting a quarterback yet for them. I don't really think it matters to start the quarterback for them. I nope. Think I think they're pissed. They've seen 
the Rams and Chiefs and Saints last couple of weeks really steal a lot of their thunder. Um, they need to fix things. They need to know. They know that they need to win and win in style to get that number one seat. Um, I, I think they run away from the Jets, and I think they run away from them early. Uh, the Jets just don't have the firepower to come back against them. There's just no way they can. Usually, the Jets play them tough in the Meadowlands, but I, I can't remember the last time the Pats went down there after a bye week. So I, I just think that with the bye week to regroup, the Pats. Uh, might be a little bit undervalued. That game could. I think that game, if that game was played last week or two weeks ago, might have might be at around 14 points. So, um, you know, I, I think the Pats present a really good value there, and I just don't. I don't see them taking their foot off the gas, even if they're up by 10 points or more. So uh, I'm leading the Pats in that game. I really like the Giants this week too. We had. Some good performance the last couple of weeks. The Eagles are, are faltering a little bit. Their secondary is decimated. I don't even know who's out there for them besides Jenkins. Um, the Giants seem to have found a little bit of a groove here with their running game. And um, I, I think Philly, Philly is the better team at the end of the day. But, you know, six points, seven points, whatever it is that you're going to get them at, a lot of points. And, um, you know, look at you look at that game and might not think there's a lot to play for. But both teams are still alive. And they both still have to play. Dallas and Washington a couple times each, so um, look, look for that game to be close, and I think that, you know, the Giants could win that outright, but I know I would lean towards the Eagles, maybe like in a field goal game. Another game I think that is sneaky, that a lot of people might be fading and not looking into is Miami against uh, Indy. I think last time I saw it was a 10-point spread in favor of the, the Colts, and I just think that's too many points for them. Even after their uh, shellacking of the Titans, the other day, um, I think Miami presents some value there. Again, they're coming off a bye. Tannehill should be back. I, I think they'll be able to keep that game close. And, you know, one thing about Indy is that they, they've been high and they've looked good. But I didn't know this, and I wish I did on, on Sunday when I was looking at the games and picking them. Andrew Luck has never lost to the Titans, ever, in his entire career. And I think he just owns that team. And... They had some injury luck early in that game with Mariota going out, so that team really got out of hand really early. But I, I think Miami might be able to keep this game closer than people think. And 10 points is a lot of points. Uh, just one quick thing about the uh, Colts. Andrew Luck has not been sacked, and I think it's five straight games. It's an amazing streak. That offensive line has greatly improved and finally given Luck the time he needs to be able to show his full talent. Yeah, I think the Colts are one of those teams that if they have another good draft this year, they could be really on the precipice of, of competing for something. They still lack some outside talent, you know, with their wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton is great and everything, but um, they, they still are missing some pieces, and they had a dra- great draft spot this year, and you can thank your Jets for that. Um, <laughs> that's what I wanted the Giants to do. The Giants could be the Colts right now, and they could be having those guys potentially on their team. Um, but they, they hit right now, it looks like on all those picks that they got from the Jets that are contributing this year, which is helped them out tremendously. I just don't know if 10 points is uh, a number that the Colts should be getting, you know, this, at this point in the season and they're part of their development either. And I think, again, I think it's a lot of it's overreaction uh, to what we saw last week. And I think this is where you can find a lot of value in teams that maybe people are writing off because the Colts are 5-5 five and, five and somehow the Dolphins are 5-5. Five and five. So it's not like this game means nothing to either team. Like, the Dolphins have something to play for too. So, 
Um, you know, I, I, I lean towards the Dolphins in this game. I just think they, they have value that maybe you're not going to find a lot of places out this week. All right. Um, the games that you're running away from. Uh, Pittsburgh, Denver. That game is uh, three points in favor of Pittsburgh. I just, I have a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth after watching them play last week. You know, they go on the road and they just become a different team. And Jacksonville could have won that game if it wasn't for having a, a quarterback named Blake Bortles. You know, they they took it out of his hands there in the fourth quarter completely, and they just did not want him to lose them the game. And, and you know, at the end of the day, they they did that anyway to themselves. So. Uh, I'm staying away from Pittsburgh. They've been on a roll. They've won a lot of good games, but I think Denver at home is one of those places that you just never know what's going to happen. And they're riding high a little bit after their big winning against the Chargers the other day. So uh, I think I stay away from that game. Uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati is another game, like three points. Don't know which way it's going to go. Let, the, let those two teams fight it out and, and stay away. Find find value in other places. Um, and I think another game, too, people might be looking at it and chopping at the bit would be like Oakland and Baltimore. Oakland had a big win. Baltimore had a big win. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head. I think it's eight or nine. Ten and a half. Yeah, I just think that I, I don't know what other of those teams are going to present. You know, and if Flacco's playing, if he's not playing, Lamar Jackson had a decent game last week, but, you know, can he really swing the ball if he has to if they're losing so uh, I'm staying away from that game too alright fantasy yeses and those. I think that you know we're at this point in the season where injuries have taken their toll and bye weeks are almost over I think if you're looking for some people to stream you know if you have Mahomes or golf um, you know you could look at a guy like Andy Dolan if he's still available you could look at a guy like Eli Manning if he's available Baker Mayfield if he's available plugging there at quarterback uh, you know popular pickup this week is probably Gus Edwards of the Ravens never heard of him until Sunday <laughs> Uh, you know, it could be a dicey situation in Baltimore because you don't know if Alex Collins is going to get the majority of the snaps or, or what is it, but, you know, they trusted this guy enough to put him in there and he went wild. You know, he had 120 yards and a touchdown and on 18 carries, so it could be an interesting play for you if you're looking to plug someone in like that. Um, wide receivers, you know, if you have Traquan Smith, you know, again, he might not be playing tomorrow. But, you know, he's someone that you could pick up and actually have, you know, give you some production down the road. And, again, I mentioned Christian Kirkwood as the other wide receiver that was still in for him as a sleeper. So, it could be someone you can plug in and play this week if, if you need to. Other than that, I think from a fancy perspective, you know, you probably have your team set and are going into it and are hoping that your teams are performing to the best of their ability. Uh, there really isn't much, I think, that hasn't been uncovered as that we haven't spoken about, but I think everybody that's available to you that you think presents a good match for you, you go into it. I, I just think at this point of the year, if there's a bad matchup for one of your players, you have to weigh whether or not your other option is going to give you anything. So this is the point of year, at least for me, where my team has been set and I, I'm riding with them because they've gotten you this far. So. Don't, don't overthink it, and unless you have something that's really outrageous that you need to fill in for, don't, don't overextend yourself. And I'll take care of the fantasy knows anybody on the Jets' offense. Their MVP is going to be Lachlan Edwards, the punter. That's not a good sign. 
good production from um, their tight end. You know, he's been able to, to get some yardage and some touchdowns for them, and he might be a play for you this week. Again, tight end is really, really weak in general, so he might be a, a decent play for you if you don't have anybody else in there. Again, the Jets are probably going to be losing by a lot, and that means they got to throw the ball, so he should see more targets than he normally would in a normal game. So he's probably been one of their more under-the-radar fantasy producers. Um, not a great one by any means, but... At a position where there aren't many options, he might be a decent one this week. Which tight end is this? Because the Jets have had like four different tight ends who have caught balls. Is that Chris Herndon? Yes, yes, Herndon. Okay. I I think of him as a wide receiver, but yes, he's 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 technically a tight end, and I assume for fantasy purposes, he's technically a tight end. Um, but yeah, no, he. Uh, He's had a really good, interesting year. Uh, they thought Neil Sterling would be in that role. He's out for the year. Um, and um, they are in an interesting position um, because they do have to throw a lot. Um, because especially when you end up in a game against the Pats, you know, 46 is the over-under. 46 uh, hole is the over-under. Um, but I think that this could turn into a shootout. The problem is if it's... If it gets to be a passing game, I don't know if the Jets have enough wideouts. I mean, obviously, they're, they're, they're coming off the bias. They should be healthy in the receiving core. But I don't know if they have enough high-quality targets against the Pats. We're going to probably gang up against the running game with Crowell and 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 um, Cannon and then also try to gang up on probably Robbie Anderson since he's the speedster. Um, so I don't know if they have enough high-quality targets to get behind the, the Pats defense. Then again, the Pats defenses over the last several years have been a bend-don't-break type defense of structure, and the Jets could you know, have a good offensive output because of that. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I just think the Jets are in a situation where they obviously have nothing to lose, but you're, you're going up against a team, I think, here that's just not in a good place mentally and they want to exercise some demons so yep. um, that's my situation with them and, and I, I, that's how I'm viewing this game is that you don't have a team here coming off of by that got embarrassed the last time they were out there the narrative up here has been is this team any good even to go to the Super Bowl is the team even good to get a, a, a bye and that's never really a conversation that you have up here you know, regarding the Pats, you know, they usually figure out a way to, to get that by. The last time I played the Wild Card weekend was, what, 2009? You know, you're talking about nine, eight years ago, the last time that they were forced to play that first, the first weekend of the, the playoffs. So, um, given this landscape of the AFC and, you know, the, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Texans, the Steelers, all teams that uh, could potentially be fighting for that first week to buy, um, I think the Pats are just in that situation now where they cannot afford to lose and they won't lose. And they still have a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have a game against the Chiefs if they won. They have a game against the Texans if they won. I just can't see the, the, the Pats taking it easy on anybody that they're playing. And I feel bad for the Jets to unfortunately. Right now, the Pats would be the three seed uh, based on a tiebreaker of head-to-head. Kansas City, then Pittsburgh, and then them. Um, any other quick, uh, uh, quick day, any other fans he knows? Uh, you know, from a defensive side, you know, you probably don't want to play the Saints. You don't want to play the Falcons. You know, you probably don't want to play the Redskins this week or the Lions. Um, 
probably staying away from the Giants. The Colts could be a sneaky pick, you know, from the defensive side of things. I think that the the Browns and Bengals could present some value too if they're looking to pick someone off. The Ravens have a good matchup against the the Raiders. I think the Pats are a good defense to, to go with this week. Um, you know, Jaguars are probably number one on the list. You know, they finally kind of played their potential last week, and they had the Bills this week on the road. I can't see the Bills scoring more than 15, 16 points against them. So, you know, I think this is one of those weeks where you're looking to maybe get a matchup because there's a lot of, you know, after looking at the, the games last week and all the offense you have out there, just trying to find a defense that might be able to get you some sacks and some turnovers is what you're looking for. Alrighty, my friend. Thank you for another week of fantasy and betting advice. No problem, my man. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Same to you and same to everybody out there. Enjoy it.